You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Mike Yang. God bless football, Stugas. We are inching closer. We have college football this weekend. I know. Two weeks away from the NFL season getting underway. I mean, Sims is going to be back soon. (laughs) This is very exciting. Golan's in Ireland. What? What, Billy? There's a return of one of our, our favorite segments this week also on the podcast exclusively. Ah, Stu, you got. Look at that. You picked some college games, huh? I did. I had a good year last year. Uh, My first good year in a very long time. And uh, I somehow picked uh, I somehow picked five college games this week. I can't name a single player that I picked for or against, you know? So, I mean, what? Well, maybe don't reveal that, but okay. It doesn't matter. I've just, you know, it's gut. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. I gamble with my gut. You know, I look at the lines, I see if there's something that sticks out to me, and if there is, uh, I take it. You buy the hook. I always buy the hook, even when the hook is not necessary. <laughs> I did it today on San Diego State for Steve Gotts. The two and a half, I bought it down to two, just in case they win by a safety. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> makes me, what do you mean, hmm? <laughs> I'm just, uh, just collecting information, that's all. Okay, well, Beans. thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That is on the uh, the audio version only of uh, of God Bless Football. Uh, these two got picks. I want to get to Ryan Clark and Tua. I think they're going to fight. I really do. Um, I think That's <laughs> Billy's a weird into one, this. Huh? It is a weird one. We have Andrew Whitworth who's going to join us, and Brian Newberry, who's the head coach of the Naval Academy. They're taking on Notre Dame. Uh, Golick will join us for that interview. Golick is currently in Ireland as we tape this, playing golf. Uh, We asked him to join us today. He said he could not. Mike, he could have responded to you, hey, I'm just playing golf, right? But he gave you a different kind of answer? He gave me an answer that I didn't really understand until I read it to you. He said, uh, sorry, golfing at our 
Art Glass Golf Course in Derry, Ireland. Right. I said you could have just you could have just said I'm golfing. Like that's fine with me. But when I said it to you, it's, you kind of explain it's, why it's important. Ireland is is legendary for its golf courses that is one of the nicest golf courses in europe like but him sending that back to you like he expected you to know what course he was playing you had no idea (laughs) nope i played golf like three times in my life i'm like okay enjoy he he was just showing off uh are ryan clark and Tua gonna fight billy what's happening here uh It'd be funny if they did, right? I mean, but probably not. It's It was a weird one. So earlier in this week, they were talking about the Dolphins on ESPN, and Ryan Clark uh, kind of was making a joke, uh, as he has said, and he kind of took shots at us, basically saying that he looks overweight, that he doesn't look like he's been working out with his trainer, that he doesn't look like he's been eating uh, what it is that his, uh, I guess, dietitian or whatever has recommended, and then uh, t- talked about his butt, commented that it looked like a dancer from Atlanta. And then Tua was asked about it at practice uh, later in the week, which was, you know, one of those things that that's a weird thing. Why you go and you ask Tua about that. And Tua basically told him, and I quote, it's a little weird when people when other people are talking about other people and they're not that person. I come from a small family. Respect is everything. A little easy on that, buddy. We are pretty tough-minded people, and if we need to get scrappy, we can. I appreciate if you'd keep your, my name out your mouth. Go find Jake Paul or Logan Paul if you want a clout chase, which is just the Pauls have to love that they've been brought into this. Yes, <laughs> they become mainstream, correct? Yeah, it's, just, it's incredible. <laughs> yes. And then Ryan Clark afterwards, because then people saw that and were like, okay, Ryan Clark, I guess, has tried to reach out to Tua. I don't think that they've actually spoken. So Ryan Clark went on Thursday and put out an apology video of sorts, but it was not really an apology video, and he kind of said, I was joking, and you didn't get the joke, so I'm sorry, but also, if you want to fight, we can fight, and it was just like kind of like a whole... What? Yeah, it was like, it was a weird thing, and also, he wasn't joking with what he said. I mean, he could have been joking, but like, he was taking shots at him. No, he was being serious. I don't like the apology. I, I heard the apology, and for some reason, he felt the need to apologize to Mike McDaniel as well. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> what is happening there? By the way, Mikey tells me, uh, week 14, Dolphins-Titans, Ryan Clark covering the game for ESPN. Oh, That's fireworks. a Monday Night Football. Fireworks. <laughs> wow. Circle that one on the calendar. <laughs> Tua is the most polarizing quarterback in the NFL, Billy. I cannot believe it. He is the also, he had such a good year. I know the head injury stuff. I get it. I understand it. But he is polarizing, man. He's the most polarizing uh, quarterback in the NFL. It would appear, and also like doesn't really do anything to try to be polarizing. He and we when we he sat down with us at the Super Bowl, a very nice guy. We had an interview that didn't go great, not because of us, but it didn't go great. He was very nice after the fact, shook hands with us, said have a great day, good luck next season. Like he's a very nice guy. And I think he's I, I kinda like the way that this is going. It seems like he's getting fed up with this criticism and with people talking about him. And when you're threatening to fight Ryan Clark, I feel like we're maybe making a turn here that could be good for him. <laughs> he's tired of everyone's shit. Like stop giving me shit. Exactly know? right. It's great. Right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you're expecting a big year from Tua, aren't you? I'm hoping for one. I yeah. mean, I, health is important, obviously, but I also hope that it carries over on the field. And then you see the rumors that are out there. The Dolphins are trying to make a trade for Jonathan Taylor. Like, I feel like the Dolphins are in position to do well if Tua just doesn't make bad decisions and throw away the ball and he stays healthy because he doesn't hold on to it too long and gets sacked. So 
I feel like it could be an exciting season for him. Uh, I do too. I think he's, listen, if he's healthy, he's a great quarterback. He showed that over the course of last year. He did. Uh, it's funny. It's not funny. None of this is funny, but Mike White's in the concussion protocol. Dolphin yeah, that, I saw that. That's <laughs> right. just. Yeah. I saw I saw also someone suggest that the Dolphins should trade for Trey Lance because now Trey Lance is basically done in San Francisco, which is also crazy because he was supposed to be their future and he can't even get the second starting spot or, or the second string job because Sam Darnold got that. Right. It's funny that no one rips Kyle Shanahan for that pick. No one criticizes Kyle Shanahan for trading up to get Trey Lance. All we do is sit around and praise Kyle Shanahan for what a genius he is, for the offensive schemes, for how he uses his personnel. No one criticizes the fact that he traded up and whiffed on a quarterback. Or John Lynch, for that matter. Right. The GM. Yeah. Like, that is a a huge swing and miss to trade three first-round picks for a guy that pretty much never saw the field for you. But I'll tell you the reason why, okay? It's because of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy bailed him out. He got Brock Purdy. <laughs> Wasn't he Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, last pick of the draft? Yeah, let's, yes. but also let's see what a full season of Brock Purdy is, you know? Right. Coming off of an injury as well. Right, you're tired of Purdy already, aren't you? I'm not tired of Purdy, but, like, let's, let's see what Purdy You is. should fight Brock Purdy. I'm not going to fight anyone. <laughs> I put my money on Billy. <laughs> Don't do that. We're not fighting. <laughs> All right, let's get to Andrew Whitworth. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975, we were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. All right, last time we saw this man, he was sliding into our couch at Lake Tahoe at our setup at the golf tournament. Andrew Whitworth, we love him. He's with us. He's barking at me. He's telling me there's no good angles of me. He's telling me to get my camera right. I mean, the guy's a couple... I've been doing this my entire life, Whitworth. You're a couple of years removed from the NFL, and you're directing traffic here, and that's what I love about you. Hey, you know, you let offensive linemen share their opinion, baby. It's always going to be good. You really want to know about guys on a football team, you go ask the old line what they think about the guy. <laughs> why are you guys... Why are you the ones that tell the truth? Why? <laughs> because we don't ever get asked anything. So we're ready to just rip everybody. We watch the quarterback get all his stuff handed to him and how he gets treated and the wide receivers and the corners and the D linemen. They get all their press and they get all the people, you know, rallied in the lockers. And we're over there thinking, like, if y'all knew about this guy, how he really is. Gee. <laughs> so you can ask those guys. We're bitter. We get no attention. Come on. We're ready to share uh, you should start a podcast if you if you really knew. <laughs> it's a good idea. I'll call you afterwards. We'll discuss it. There we go. What are you doing with uh, – you're going to be in Billy's wheelhouse right now. Mikey A., he is in Billy's wheelhouse right now because he's surrounded by toys. Little people collector <laughs> set. Come on. Last year at the Super Bowl, I got a chance to team up uh, with Fisher Price and Mattel for this, and we, we did the Chiefs and Eagles for playing in the Super Bowl. 
This year, we got all 32 NFL teams. You can get them for $25 at MattelCreations.com. And even cooler than that, you can go on and sign up for the Fantasy Frenzy Sweepstakes in your fantasy league. Get their own figures made, just like this one, a big wit on the road on Amazon, sports coat and the hoodie repping right here. That's and the you. White kids. Come on, baby. What fantasy team doesn't want to be immortalized with their own figures? It'd be sick, man. Come on. Everybody's got to go there, sign up. Winner of the sweepstakes gets their own figures. Stu, you see that one over his shoulder right there? That one on the right? That's the uh, one I want. Which one? Stu, you can't see. You're blind as hell. I am blind. <laughs> Buffalo, come on, Von Miller. All right, so I'm up in Rochester right now. I'm actually going out to Bill's camp later this week, but I'm a Jets fan. Where's the Jet one? And Billy needs to see a Dolphin one. It's right over his shoulder, the Jets one. <laughs> right here, baby. Do you have your own personalized one that you just showed us in that glass case? Oh, yeah. That is that is a hoodie and a sports coat right there. Big wit on the road, Amazon, NFL on Prime. That's my outfit. What, they, one, I believe. what they did with your head is not particularly flattering. I mean, these are great yeah, toys. You know, hey, yeah, It looks like you're wearing a helmet that's flesh-colored. It's a bit contour than that. That's a little rounded. But it is accurate <laughs> that I have like a bucket head. My head's a watermelon, so yeah. we're good. Uh, how'd you get connected with Mattel? Like, how'd you get into this? You know, it was an opportunity that came up last year with the Super Bowl, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And, you know, they said they were doing this, rolling out all 32 teams this time. And so, uh, cool opportunity for me to get a part of it. Obviously, I got four kids and three dogs, so my life's a circus. Uh, so, anything with kids and toys, uh, the kids, trying to hold on to these to show them to you was the hardest part of this week because they wanted to rip open all these boxes and get after it. And there's no telling where these things would be now. Did you have the dogs before you had the kids? Like, when did you, did you guys ever have a discussion, you and your wife, like, hey, there's enough people and dogs roaming around this house? Let's be honest. So it really became like twins. We had the twins, and then it was like, we get them to do something other than just want us all the time. So let's get a dog, and maybe the dog will take some of their attention. And then we had a third a year later, and we're like, man, you know what? Like, okay, now the twins play with that dog, but they are middle of Michael. He needs one. So let's get a bulldog take care of him and then the dog the oldest twin she's like the the first dog's more the brothers so we got sarah her own dog and now it's just chaos wait, hold on a second wait you know how big the last kid is the fourth one it's like hey you're not getting a dog we're done with dogs love one of the other dogs because it's over one of the big movies out right now is the barbie movie now that you're partnered with mattel you have a lot of people hitting you up trying to get tickets trying to get perks trying to get yeah, yeah, premieres. You, you, they assume i'm the connection right yeah, yeah everybody's hitting you up to go to the barbie house and uh to get barbie tickets no uh no connection the kid i think the kids and my, my, my wife have been though actually they went to the movie so they went you haven't seen barbie no i haven't been i'm not a big i don't go to the movies a lot really What's the last movie you saw? I think last time I went to the movies. Man, I don't know. It's been quite some time. It's been years, probably. You didn't see Maverick? Then I'll go with the kids to one of theirs. I wouldn't say I've probably seen a kid, couple kids' movies over the last couple of years, but I don't go to many, uh, you know, adult movies. I, I'll catch them at home. You know what, wife? We stay here, catch on the couch, you know, order some food, livery, and, and hang out, and watch a movie at home. That's how you do it. No reason to go to the theater anymore. Sorry. I mean, it's just not. Uh, listen, I am wondering here because it's become such a passing league now, right? And people don't talk about what you did for a living for many, many years, the offensive line. We don't understand it. We never talk about it. They're not stars of the team. So I am asking you in a passing league where it is super important to have a great offensive line. It's always been important, but now more so than ever. Who has the best offensive line in football? 
Okay, did you just not want to say Jets when you asked that question? Or uh, yes. Like, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I'm worried about that. Uh, having an offensive line is really important to your success of your team. And the reason really is is not that I'm saying this because an offensive lineman. It's because really what you do offensively gets built around your line and, and what you're able to do. And so a coordinator, a quarterback, you know, they've got to start with, all right, first off, we're going to call plays that are best for this quarterback and style of offense. It's best for him. But then number two on that list is who's our offensive line? Can we protect and drop back protection? Do we have to help? Do we need to move the quarterback? All those type questions come in next because what may be best, Seal might not be able to be capable because your offensive line can't do it. And so you look, the Jets are a great example. You hear Sala talking about what they need that offensive line for. Uh, it's a great example because Aaron Rodgers wants to sit back in the pocket and throw the football, and if they can't protect him, uh, it's going to be a long year for him because at his age, he can't get hit as much as you know some of these other young quarterbacks. Andrew, how often does that become an issue? Like, how often do you see the game plan and you're like, "There's no way we're doing this," like, or or is that something that offensive coordinators are always changing? I think coordinators change it week to week. You, you know, I think the biggest difference you'll see in a team, you lose a tackle, you lose a left tackle or a right tackle who's a significantly good player. Uh, or never had one. Look much different the next week. I mean, instantly. Because there's only so many of those guys that exist. I, I, I always compare this, and Richard and I talk about this, Sherm, all the time. Really, man-to-man corners, lockdown corners, and elite tackles, at, you know, protecting the quarterback. They're just so rare. You, you know, defense changes drastically if you lose your man-to-man lockdown corner. Uh, an offensive line's the same way. It changes drastically if you have an elite left tackle, how you did things. I, I, a great example of that is the Chargers. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited about them this year. Losing Rashad Slater, Rashad Slater last year, he's one of the best young tackles in this game, maybe one of the best tackles in general. Um, him being back will be a massive factor for Kellen Moore and, and Justin Herbert and how they're able to call plays and run that offense. Uh, the Chargers kind of, there's some pressure on them, right? Because that team is so talented. Herbert hasn't won a playoff game yet. Uh, there's pressure on the coach as well, but that team's too talented to not advance a couple of rounds in the playoffs. Am I correct? I agree. There's way too much talent on that team for them not to have a successful season. I don't care that the Chiefs are in their division. It doesn't matter. you got to be a good enough team to win a lot of games to get yourself in the playoffs and make a run. And, you know, I know obviously a lot of pressure on Brandon Staley. I know what a great guy is and know him well. But, you know, you came there as a defensive head coach. And right now the defense has never been, what, inside even the top 20 in the two right. years there? Um, obviously there's been injuries and reasons for that. But, eventually the people are going to stop giving you that excuse. You, you're going to have to go out and play good defense, and they don't have to stop you much with that offense because they're going to score points. But they've got to be better than they've been, especially against the run. You're speaking to two uh, Jet fans here, so I will ask you, are you buying the Jets? Like, what's going on here? Definitely buying the Jets. I compared them to Tampa Bay when they acquired Tom Brady, and the reason I say that is, you know, I thought outsiders maybe took it as, hey, Tom Brady's making this move. Will it work? Will it not? But – from someone who played, I played Tampa the year before we went there, and how good they were on defense and how many just pieces they had on offense to where you said, man, if they had someone more efficient throwing the football that was just not committing turnovers and just taking care of it, they can run it, they can throw it, and on defense they are unbelievable. That really helped out because I was I was saying, you know what, this team looks like to me same situation. Jets are explosive on defense. They got all kinds of pass rushers. They got a great corner. They got great secondary, young secondary guys. 
Uh, I really think, to me, they are Tampa of that year. And the question will be health, right? Can you stay healthy? Can they keep producing? Because I think Garrett Wilson's a young star, and it's going to yeah. be a lot of people watching them. Andrew, the Achilles heel of the Jets right now is the offensive tackles. So my question, like, how do you fix that if you if you don't really have the guys in-house that are just going to be able to step up and just be elite left tackle? Like, how do you fix that position? It takes experience and time. The reality is, is you need those guys to get out and play and, and, and get over it and get over the bumps in the road. But, you know, I told Aaron in American Century, if you needed anybody, you know, you know, let me know. But, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I, he's got Dwayne Brown. He'll be back healthy. Don't uh, tease. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping. Do well, Mike, no, here's the thing. I walked around. I followed Whitworth around the rest of the weekend after he said that. I think he said it on our show, too. And I said, listen, just give me a season. Just, like, give me a, a half season as a Jets tackle. I'll take it, all right? Yeah, I, I think, to me, it's the only reason I liked and didn't like what Solid, you know, the whole deal with Hard Knocks and all of that, is that offensive line's a position where the only time they're really talked about is in a negative way already, right? You get a holding call, you false start. Nobody's going to even talk about your game. I always tell young players, you want to be good, disappear. Like, have people forget that you're playing in the game. That tells me how good you are. And so for you to kind of make it like a national thing and a narrative, how bad they are, and they just need to be better because we have all these other things, and it's going to be your fault if we're not good – I don't know if that works in that position. That's like saying, hey, you're going to guard Michael Jordan, and you know the only way we lose this game is if you let him score. It's like, okay, thanks. So everyone's looking at me to fail or not. And so it's kind of one of those positions it's tough to do that. It's more just grow, keep letting them grow, find the pieces you can, and, and hope you get the production you want out of them. And, and really at offensive line when it comes to the NFL right now, hope the five starters you pick stay healthy. Uh, Andrew, I need help on this front. You're one of the best people I know. I mean, you won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. You've won several awards. Just about, you know, the things you do off the field. What's the key, okay, the key to being a good person? I don't know anything about that. I I think it's uh, reminding (laughs) yourself that every day is, uh, you know, I always say this. It's like every day I wake up and the day before might not have been the best and uh, I might have made mistakes and all those things, but I'm going to wake up and chase being better version of myself each and every day. And uh, I think it's just like playing in sports. There's going to be a game where I go up a sack or I make a mistake, and I feel like it cost us, whether the coaches believe that or anyone else believes it or not. In my mind, it wasn't good enough. And I think just keep resetting each day and realize that none of us are perfect and we all make mistakes. And as long as we keep chasing and moving forward together, uh, we're going to be okay. I love that answer. Mikey, why were you laughing at me? What happened there? Because you asking him how to be a good person is like me asking him, how do I be an NFL offensive uh, lineman? Like, uh, it's just not going to happen. You're not a good uh, person. That's wow. well, Regardless Jeez. of the advice he gives me, it's just not going to happen is what you're saying. Tough group. I, I, I mean, this is a tough group. Your camera angle wasn't good enough. You couldn't hear. And now you're just not a good person. So <laughs> it's ridiculous. If you ever want to know how everybody feels, you're welcome. Uh, listen, we welcome that. Former we offensive care. lineman here. Yeah, <laughs> we welcome that. We don't care. Uh, how's the golf game quickly on the way out here? Playing good. I'm, I'm uh, you know, almost to the semifinals of my year-long match play at my club at Sherwood Country Club, so I'm pretty excited. Nice. Uh, playing good. It is net, so I am kind of getting some shots here and there. Uh, uh, I got absolutely blitzed in the gross one. Uh, some guy, uh, good buddy Craig Frankel, he de- demolished me. I don't even think I got to the 13th hole, but I'm, I'm doing well, man. I can't complain. How do you feel? Because it happened in Lake Tahoe to our friend Morty Fish, and it just happened to uh, to Max Homa on the PGA Tour. How do you feel about fans yelling during someone's backswing? I'm gonna have in that situation with Marty Fish. 
complete bull crap. Obviously, it's in the middle of a game. It's a I big, know. in the middle of a match. Excuse me. And it's can't crazy. believe Del Curry did that. You know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when I'm playing, I'm all for it because here's the deal. I'm used to 80,000 people screaming at me that I'm fat and worthless and my kids are dumb and, you know, just all kinds of things when you're on the road in the NFL. So, I, hey, listen, you're not going to bother me with a little bit of noise. <laughs> so you would welcome it. I think I'm with you on that, by the way. Bring it. Oh, it's so great. Andrew Whitworth, one of the great guys. Check him out Thursday night as well, Thursday Night Football. I had a game for you, Palmer, Dalton, or Stafford, but we're out of time. You're out of time. But one more time on the way out because we have enough time for this, I promise you. Uh, tell us again what you're doing with Mattel. Plug Mattel. Tell people why they should go get these uh, these mini little creatures, these teams. Yeah, I mean, what an unbelievable way to immortalize yourself for the Little People Collector Series. Sign up your fantasy team at the Fantasy Frenzy Sweepstakes, MattelCreations.com. You got a chance to win. Your team could have their own figurines made after themselves. Who doesn't want to be that way? Have your own little figures. You know, you don't have to have a hoodie and a sports coat like me, but you can have yours. Get signed up. It's an awesome way to follow NFL football and have your favorite teams collect your set at your house. Give me an Andrew Whitworth team final question here, a team that no one's talking about that has a chance to be really, really good this year. There's so many good ones I like. You know, in my mind, the first thing I thought about was like Jaguars-Steelers just because I think, you know, nobody gave the Jaguars enough credit for how good their run was at the end of the year last year. And then really, even though Chiefs, you know, Mahomes was banged up, that game really, it came down to the wire. And so they were right there in a moment to make their run and kind of have that Cincinnati Bengals jump that the Bengals had the year before. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, good D-line, O-line looks like it's going to be much better than a, than a tough physical quarterback who just likes to play football and compete. I think we've heard that narrative before. He's had a lot of success when it's that way. When his lines are good, his O-line and D-line, and they're physical, and they get after it, and they run the football and, can, and kind of have a quarterback who's tough like Kenny Pickett back there. They've been a really good football team in Mike Tomlin's past. So they're one to me nobody talks about, and nobody's better at being good and, and being forgotten about than Mike Tomlin, because he's going to be speaking it in their ear every day. Yep, that's how he likes it. You're right. It's a great call by you. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, we appreciate you, man. You're a good man, uh, and you're very nice to our, our show, kind to our show, although you're directing traffic and get a little too hands-on for me. But, uh, but we appreciate you, man. I got you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for the All time. Right. Football is back. Football. And you know what that means. It is time for this week's edition of Studio Gots, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code STU for a special offer when you sign up. That's code STU only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, of course, all the lines here on Studio Gots are courtesy of our friends, over at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. It is week zero. Football is starting. College style. Couple of weeks till the NFL starts. But we have college games this weekend, and I'm going to pick them. I'm going to pick them despite not knowing a single name, a single player on any of the teams I'm about to pick or pick against. Uh, How about that? Let's start with the big game of the weekend. And by the way, last year, 47-37-3 on the season, regular season, Bowl season combined, regular season, bowl season combined, 67, 53, and 1. It's a good year. Let's see if it carries over into this year. I doubt it. Let's start with the big game of the weekend. Notre Dame taking on Navy. 
Navy. We don't pick against the Navy on this show. You guys know that. Only Mike Golick does that. Navy is plus 20 and a half. By a full point to 21 and a half. It's going to be crucial. Trust me. The game's being played neutral field in Ireland. You would think it's a home field advantage for Notre Dame, but as Billy pointed out, nobody, <laughs> nobody in Ireland cares about Notre Dame. Notre Dame thinks people in Ireland care about him, but no one does. And by the way, Northwestern won a single game last year, and it was in Ireland. They didn't win a single game inside the United States. I don't know what that has to do with anything I'm saying. I just thought I'd throw it in there. But anyway, you know what the D in Dublin stands for? Don't disrespect our troops. Period. End of discussion. And you know who won't do that? Notre Dame. 21 and a half points they are favored by if you buy the full point. I have Notre Dame being very nice and respectful to our troops. Notre Dame wins the game by 17 points. Navy gets the cover. San Diego State at home, minus two against Ohio. San Diego State wins by 10 points. UTEP, minus one at Jacksonville State. I am taking the University of Texas El Paso. They got a good team, underrated, good squad. What? UTEP by four at Jacksonville State. Hawaii, we're all rooting for Hawaii, plus 17 and a half. They're at Vanderbilt. I can't stand Vanderbilt. Just something about that school bothers me. Vandy wins. They win by 10 points. The Rainbows, they cover, plus 17 and a half. And finally, New Mexico State, they are taking on UMass, the Minutemen, minus six and a half. I am taking New Mexico State to win this game and to cover by a half point, buy it down to six. New Mexico State wins the game by 12 points. Those are the picks going 5-0 in week zero. You know what the O in week zero stands for? It's not an O, it's a zero, but you know what it stands for? 5-0. How about that? Those are the picks this week. Good luck, everyone. Coach Newberry is with us. Navy plays Notre Dame coming up this weekend. Uh, finally, football is back. College oh. football. Uh, Coach, you know what would be great? We love Mike Golick. We do. But we like Mike Golick's misery more than we like him being happy. And so Navy kicking Notre Dame's ass would really <laughs> mean a lot to this show if you can get it done, Coach. All right. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do our best. Right out of the gate, Stu. You gotta you gotta do that right out of the gate. I mean, coach, you you've been a part of this game for a number of you know years as a as a D coordinator now take over. And and I guess first and, and and as I was saying earlier, I I wish and I know the players know on both sides because we're we're told about it, but I wish everybody knew the history of this rivalry and just how incredible it is. But just in your a uh, few years there as a D coordinator, and obviously now the head coach. Your experiences in, in, in this rivalry. Yeah, I'd say my first year was 2019, and uh, you know we, we had a pretty good team in 19. If you guys remember, we were 11 and two team, and we rolled in there, and it's my first time in, in South Bend. You know, first time playing playing Notre Dame, and it was it was surreal. Um, and we got our butts whooped that year, and we and we had a pretty good football team, you know, and so. It was a homely experience the first time. Uh, the COVID year, we didn't get to play them. And then we were out there, you know, getting 21. And um, so, and obviously the game last year in the venue was, was, was a lot of fun. It's it's a great opportunity, you know, f- for our players. You, you come here, you want to play big-time football. You, you want to play the best uh, in the country. And it gives us that opportunity to do it every year. And uh, whether you're playing Notre Dame and or a neutral venue, you know, like we are this time around, it's just it's a – it's an awesome opportunity. Uh, I love the history of the matchup and, and just the ability to go play those guys is, is awesome. 
So how do you deal with, you know, we had a game there last year, Northwestern, and I forgot who else <laughs> was was out there. And it's the only game Northwestern won last yeah, year, Mike. Yeah, how about yeah, it? Nebraska. And then I, I, Nebraska, I think you're right. Yeah, I was out there in 12. Both my boys were on Notre Dame scene. They played Navy out there in 2012. How do you go about this trip with the time change and everything and who you kind of talk to about it on, on ways, all the scientific ways for everybody to take care of their body nowadays? Sure. You know, I don't know. You know, our, our nutrition guys are on point with everything and, and you know, try to do the best we can. You know, the, the good thing, like I said earlier, is that they're, they're kind of on the same schedule that we're on. You know, we're trying to keep things uh, the same as as much as we possibly can. We're, we're into game week mode this week. You know, we've changed the uh, weekly in-season schedule around here and the way we're doing things. So I want to make sure our guys understood you know, the, the flow of that and the routine of it. And so we're trying to keep everything the same. We'll, we'll practice here Wednesday, just like we would if it was a, a normal home game. And then we're getting on that plane, you know, Wednesday night. Thursday's a walkthrough day for us, which which is good. You'd have to step off that plane and go we'll have a, uh, a, an intense practice on a Thursday. So that, that helps a little bit. And then we'll do a, kind of what we call Fast Friday on Friday. So the uh, outside of the times that we're practicing, you know, nothing else is, is really changing. We're trying to keep it as consistent as possible i think you know, that's the goal uh to, to stay in the routine you know as much as you possibly can um considering all the the, the travel and the logistics and the, and the environment uh coach are the kids excited for it are they excited for this trip and excited to play notre dame first game yeah ab- absolutely we're excited to play number right. one i'm excited to just kind of see where we're at um you know i i get the question a lot when you rather have notre dame you know five or six games into the year and get your feet under you, well, they're going to be better in five or six games too, you know, just yeah. like we would. And so I, I think, you know, maybe catch them game one. And I think there's some some benefits to that for us, you know, with three new coordinators and some changes on you know, in all three phases of the game for us, you know, so hopefully that has them chasing a few more things than, uh, than maybe they would be otherwise. And, um, you know, I, I, I like our team. I like where we're at. I like the work that they've put in. Up to this point, you know, our practices have been very different. All season was very different, and we've you know, we've gotten off some really bad starts, you know, the, the, the last three years, and so that's been a big point of emphasis for us. But um, we're just ready to play, you know. I don't, you know, and, and the fact that it's Notre Dame, you know, for being completely honest, right? That's that's different, and uh, and so the sense of urgency around here is a little different, you know. Um, the approach is, you know, with our players is, you know, they. They want to go over there and win that game. You know, they're not going over there for a uh, it's no damn charity game, right? They're not going to pat on the back or an attitude. That's not that's not our mission. That's that's not how we do things around here. And so, but man, just you couldn't couldn't ask for a better opportunity, really, in, in the first one. Um, so we're excited about it. Yeah, no moral victories. That, that's for sure. And, and you're right about the beginning of the season. Unlike the NFL, there's no preseason games, so you kind of wonder what you're going to get that first week of the season. And yeah. and now with, with your team, again, you've been the D coordinator there for four years. Your defense is tenacious, always has, especially against the run. Offensively, Grant Chestnut comes in to run that offense, and I know it's still going to be an, the triple option offense, but mm. is there, it seems there can be a little more maybe passing involved in this Navy offense. Yeah, you know what? I think what we what we have to be able to do in the way this don't show him too much, Coach. He'll tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. I know we're very guarded right now. Um, we have to be able to take what people give us, you know. And I think we've we've been a little little too one dimensional in the past, and so to have the ability to to throw the ball when we need to throw it, um, 
outside of a play action pass. We, we, we've got to be able to do that. And, and as you guys know, we have to have that niche on the offensive side of the football, that equalizer. And that's that's the option. So we're not going to get away from that. It's going to look different. Um, be a lot of similarities, but um, it, it's it's going to be different for sure. And um, but to have the ability, you know, I'd like to say if, if you know if, if we can throw it five to 10 times a game and win it. That's, that's how I'd like to win. And if it, if it takes us throwing it 15, 20, 25 times a game, then, then whatever we can do to win, that's what we're going to do. And that's how this offense is built and, and uh, has some, some flexibility in it, uh, you know, ideally that, that allows you to do that. Coach, as you look at the, uh, at the Notre Dame film and look at their roster, their team, uh, what concerns you the most about their team? What do you have to stop? Uh, everything concerns me. I'll <laughs> You know they got a lot of a lot of kids back on defense. They were they were good last year. Uh, another year in that system. Obviously, in the, in the experience they have, they're, they're big, they're long, they're fast. You know, offensively, the the, the addition of, of Sam Hartman is a huge deal. You know, I think he's a special player. Um, he's, he's a winner. He's a leader. Um, sounds like for everything that I've read, but um, he's really gelled with with, with that team there. Uh, sounds like it's his his unit on the offense side of the football, and so. Um, you know, I think he's got a good support cast around him. I know they were, um, you know, looking for some answers at different in different areas, and it sounds like that uh, it's starting to take shape for him. So, really, everything you know, and you, you look at their roster, uh, you, know, you look at the sizes, and you know, it looks like a dang NFL roster. You know, and you just you, you look at the height and weights of the offensive linemen, those kind of things. It's it's, it's scary to look at. And, um, but yeah, to, to answer your question, I mean, everything's a concern. They're, they're good across the board. And, and we know, you know, we're going to have to play damn near perfect to have a chance to win the game. But, but listen, Cole, and, and you're right about the sizes. This has been that's been like that for a while. But I mean, going back to when I played before that, when my brother played in the '70s, and me in the '80s, and and so forth, you can't practice for what you're going to see when you play Navy. A, you're not going to go full go in practice and let linemen go low on you. You're just not going to do it. And B, you can't duplicate the speed and precision of your offense. So uh, can you just talk about that offense? And I know you brought a corner over to play the slot. Now you had lost your two slots. So just practice the repetition, 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 because it is such a fine-tuned machine when this option is working at its best. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's, and I've been, I was a coordinator at Kennesaw State before I got to Navy. We were in the, we were in the triple there too. And, and so there's there's challenges as a defensive coordinator when you're going against the offense, obviously, because um, you're not seeing traditional offenses, number one. But there's some some real benefits from going against the option. You know, when you're, you're talking about being disciplined and taking on blocks, um, you know, the offensive linemen come off the ball the way they do, cutting you. Your eyes have to be perfect. Your alignments have to be perfect. Uh, so it, it teaches you to play a very disciplined style of defense, which is awesome. I think, you know, what Grant brought is – He's got a pretty sophisticated passing game too, and that was one thing that has been a struggle here. You know, when we get in the season, we never really did good on good, you know, seven on seven, and, and we'll, we'll do that here. So I think it's it's helped us uh, on the defense side of football be a little further along than we have been. You know, and the other thing that you worry about is protecting your defensive players when you go against the offense. And you know, the past three years, when we go good on good, we we've not cut. You know, it's been mostly. Uh, thud tempo type of drills. We, we stay off the ground for the most part. Uh, even when we go live, it's it was very seldom. And, and but we've done a ton of that. And I feel like you have to do it. You know, more so for our offense, for those guys to 
to cut live against good players, to scoop and do all the things they need to do. And, you know, we put knee braces on our lineman and we go, we go get after it. I think that's really the only way to do it and get really good at it. And so hopefully that'll, that'll pay dividends, you know, as, as the year begins. And uh, cause we haven't done that a ton, you know, the last, the last two summers going into the season. And I think it set us back a little bit. So. All I got to say is it's for those who haven't played against it, it is a whole new world when you play against uh, that offense. And what, hope, so, right? something I, I just found out, too, that now Navy has a rugby team and they're going to play Notre Dame's rugby team over in Ireland the day before the football teams play. I got to I got to want I, I think so that rugby players probably laugh at football players, right, because we put pads on and they don't. Yeah, I'll tell you, our, our rugby team here is, is really good, really fun to watch. You know, I went to the national championship game last year, and I think it's the only second rugby match I've ever seen. But I'm super impressed with those guys, and they, they are. They're some, they're some tough dudes, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting how the you know, Pete Carroll-style attack like, evolved from yes. watching and talking to rugby coaches. and uh, But they're, they're masters of, of, you know, the art of keeping their head out of contact and things like that. And we obviously, you know, across – you know, NFL and college football adopted that style of tackling, and that's what it's fun to watch. Let's hope that that, and, and I'm glad you said that because that's the next generation up uh, up to college and NFL needs to have that kind of tackling in it. Rugby does show the perfect mm-hmm. way. Last one for me, Coach. If you go to Ireland, open up the season as the head coach in Navy and beat Notre Dame, in today's world, that means will you immediately ask for an extension? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, I tell you what, man. I'm just, I'm just so grateful to be the head coach here, and I'm just tickled for the opportunity, and and uh, you know, really beyond my wildest dreams, and super thankful, appreciate being in the, uh, in the role that I'm in, man. If you don't get the extension, coach, I will invite you on back next week to uh, to rub it in Golik's face. Okay, <laughs> that fair? It's better than yeah. an extension, actually. Better? No, I don't think yes. it's better than an extension, but at least it's something to do. Yeah, yeah. coach, how has that transition been? Like, at, you know, transitioning into your your first job as a head coach, how has that transition yeah. been? It's been good. You know, it was a lot at first. You know, it was a uh, it was a tough deal. Obviously, love coaching Nehemiah and. Uh, didn't know what was going to happen here, and so it was it was kind of bittersweet, you know, when it, when it did happen. Uh, you know, making coaching changes and and not coming into a program that you weren't, uh, you know, not coming in from the outside where you didn't know the guys that were working here and you didn't know their families and things like that it was one of the most difficult, you know, couple of weeks that, that I've had in my coaching profession. And uh, but once you got through that and you felt good about the staff that you hired. Um, and then it's, it's game on from there, you know, laying out the vision of the program and, and everything that you're doing. And it was a lot at first, you know, drink out of fire hose for the first, you know, month or two of the job. And then <laughs> right. you start to settle into it, you start to get more comfortable. And um, I tell you, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. There's certainly things I miss about being a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, and the, some of the things you do as a head coach, you're out, out, out in the front of everything and, and don't relish all those things. I'm, I'm learning to a little bit. And, uh, but, it's a great responsibility. It's a great privilege you know, to be the head coach here. And, and uh, I like where we're at, and uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Still figuring out kind of where my, my niche is and how I can help the most. You know, the uh, promoted P.J. Volker, defense coordinator, who's been with me for you know, the last seven years, was a phenomenal coach. And, um, and it's really – having him in that room has really freed me up to do some more head coach things, spend a little more time with the offense because um, I, I trust him entirely and, you know, our – the, the, the structure of defense is not going to change a whole lot. You know, I want him to have some freedoms, things that he likes and wants to do, but uh, I trust him entirely. So I feel like I have to be in that room all the time, you know, by any stretch. And so 
really freed me up to kind of spend some time on both sides of the football. So, but uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. So I always like to ask guys that are first-time head coaches, something you obviously wanted to be, so you you prepare as best you can until you're the head coach, and then you sit in that chair. You are now the CEO, and like you said, as a D coordinator, you handle the defense. O coordinator, the offense. You as a head coach, everything comes at you. So as much as you can try and anticipate it, what are one or two things that people came to you and, and asked questions about where you were like, Oh wow! Okay, didn't didn't see that one coming. Didn't know that was coming with the head coaching job. Yeah, you know this this is an interesting place. This is a special place here at the academy. You don't you just don't really know until you, you sit in a chair. All the things that are going to come across your desk, all the people that you need to know, and there's a lot of layers to things here. You know, on the military side of things, and, and the, the leadership on campus, and you know, really really start to understand that that structure and the hierarchy, and get to know people, and um. You know, I think you just never prepared for, uh, like, like you said, just the amount of things that come across your desk on a daily basis. And some of them you know are coming, some of them catch you by surprise a little bit. And you do your best to work through them and find solutions. And uh, you, you really got to learn to be, and I'm a pretty even kill guy, um, but you, you got to maintain that. You know, you control the controllables. And, you know, when you problems come up, you got to try to find solutions the best you can. But you can't let, because uh, you can get off course really quick. You know, and things are going great, and something out of nowhere comes across your desk that you're not used to dealing with, and, and uh, you got to handle it the best way you can, and, and uh, you know, uh, stay positive and keep moving forward and, and uh, try to lead your program. We were making fun. I'm a Jet fan coach, so uh, Robert Sallow, Hard Knocks, delivered a uh, a speech to the team to to start an episode, and we were mocking him a little bit. I was because he was looking down at a piece of paper. Do you have your pregame speech prepared, or are you one that just lets it fly? Top of your head. Yeah. Well, I won't read off a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of think about the things, the big things you want to hit on. And, you know, what I'm, what I'm kind of learning is you write things down that you want to talk about. Uh, you don't hit everything. So you, you have these major points. And then, um, you know, when you get your message across the best when you speak from the heart, you know, I mean, there's certain things that you know you definitely want to hit on. But uh, I think you got to let it fly a little bit. Yep. All right, so I won't blast you. I blasted Robert Sally. You can't really look at notes, and there was something with pigeons and eagles, and it didn't make much sense. But Oh, yeah, that, that one yeah. didn't make much sense <laughs> either. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> Coach, uh, you know, I'd be remiss not to ask you. I know you, you went to school at Baylor. who's was in the Big 12. And just your overall thought of what the heck is going on in college football now with just almost seeing – first it was a free-for-all of the players with NIL. The transfer mm-hmm. portal is is full, and now teams are just diving from one conference to the other. Just just your, kind of your overall all view of someone who's been around this for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's wild. Um, it's hard to keep up with, to be honest with you. And it's like I, I try to stay away from the news as much as I can because it's, it's mostly negative. And uh, so and because you're regards smart, to, yeah. yeah. In regards to all these changes, you know, I, I want to be informed. I want to know what's going on. I think some of it's uh, concerning and alarming. Um, you know, I, I, the great thing about being the head coach here is is that some of the things that, you know, outside of getting to coach some of the greatest young men in the country, right, a lot of things that we don't have to concern ourselves with, you know, right now. But at some point, you know, it, it could, could certainly affect us, especially with some of the realignment stuff and, it's not something that I think about a whole lot. You know, I thought Greg and I haven't, haven't spoke on it, you know, during camp, but it's something to always be aware of and to follow. And, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy times, man. It really is. And I think, you know, in regards to the portal and the NIL stuff, I think 
you know, hopefully some legislation comes down to, to make that better. It's a, I think we're in a bad place for right now. I really do. And, uh, but I, I think it'll correct itself at some point. I just hope it's sooner or later. Uh, Coach, I think this is very important to kind of point out. I think I think people are interested in this. I know I am. And, and Mike, I'd be interested in your thoughts as well. Like Notre Dame, those kids went there to play football. And your kids did go to Navy, not necessarily to play football. Like beating Notre Dame will be the 20th most important thing they do this year, probably. Um, yeah. And I'm probably giving you too much. Uh, but can you explain, like, so I was telling Mike right before you came on, one of the girls I coached in lacrosse, uh, she plays at the Naval Academy. And I was texting with her one day, and she said, Coach, got to go to shooting practice. And I thought she meant shooting lacrosse balls, and she meant, like, yeah. real shooting, right? Sure. <laughs> and so, like, like, for your kids, this is, it, this is like a getaway. It's like a vacation. This makes them happy. This is a release from what they normally do, the stresses in their daily life. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Now, we're, we're in our first week of school right now, so at that point, we're in the middle of the semester, and they're, they're pulling their hair out, you know. But, yeah, it's an awesome opportunity. You know, our, our kids have a lot on their plate. Um, you get full academic schedule and, and the things that, you know, the military applications that they have. And But the young men that come to school here, man, football is important to them. You know, they want to play at the highest level. And it just so happens that they're also young men that, that are willing to serve their country, you know, and, and uh, you know, are capable of doing more than, than, than most uh, and willing to do more than most. And, and uh, we got special kids and, but they're they're fired up about this one. I, I tell you, it's it's uh, it's very high on their, their their list of priorities right now, for sure. Uh, listen, Stu, I've said this many times that that <clears throat> there's there is no teams I run across the field and and want to thank. I always you know Army, Air Force, Notre Dame, I, our Navy. I mean to go across the field and and I always said thank you for what you're doing and going to do for us. You know, as we play a game, there's always a different feeling when you're playing them, you, you hit them as hard as you can and they pop right back up. You know, you can't out hit them. You know, a lot of times you can't out discipline them, but just what you said earlier, coach, it's not a moral victory thing. A lot of us talk great about them, about those players and what they're going to do, but, but they know what they're going to do and and have to sacrifice our our country, but they, they, they damn well want to win and play good football too. This isn't a moral thing for them either. No doubt. You know, the thing that's, you know, when we have a team meeting, the thing is in the background on the, on the slide back there, the first thing you see is, you know, the measure of who we are is what we do at what we have. And that's what we have to do here. We want to maximize who we are, control the controllables. And, you know, if we, if we, if we do those things, then that gives us a chance to win. Um, but our, our guys are hungry. You know, it's been, it's been a, 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 a tough, you know, going on three years now. And uh, when you watch them work, you watch how resilient they are. They don't flinch. You know, they, they, they deserve they deserve more than what we've got in the last three years. And uh, they put in the work, and, and they, they certainly deserve to compete at the highest level. Right? And these guys deserve to win. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's about being the best versions of ourselves. And, and the truth of the reality is that may not always be good enough here uh, <laughs> to equal a win. And, and, and I understand that. I'm okay with that, and our players are too. But. Uh, when, we, when we do what we can do and we maximize who we are, and we'll have a chance to win every week. And our players are well aware of that too. It's not a, you know, when we look at our schedule. I don't think there's a game on our schedule that we can't win. Um, and we have played game near perfect, obviously. And, and when it comes to the intangible piece of things, uh, we're going to play harder than anybody else in the country. You know, and we, we've got to dominate those areas, uh, and we've got to execute, obviously, at an extremely high level. Uh, but you know, they're 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 hungry to win. And, and, like I said, we're not going over there for an attaboy or a pat on the back. We're going to win that football game. And, 
uh, you know, we lay it on the line, and, and that's not good enough, and that's not good enough, and that's okay. Uh, but we're going to go give it our best shot and gonna go swing the sword. Uh, Coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the trip. I will tell you there are two producers who are not here today. The hosts are. The producers aren't. They're not Navy material, okay? They're not disciplined at all. No, they're not. But they did send me their picks in, okay? And so we'll get Mike's. Uh, Mike will go last year. Uh, Mike EA, sure. he has Navy 24-14 over Notre Dame. Uh, Billy weighed in 35-7 to uh, Navy over Notre Dame. Not to put too much pressure on you, Coach. And I have it. 42 to 10, the Naval Academy over Notre Dame. Mike, you want to make a yeah, pick? Right. You want to pick against the armed forces? <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Do it right in front of their coach. I'm, I'm going to. I'll, I'll I'll make it closer than that, though. I'll go 21-20 Notre Dame. I, I can't <laughs> go against Notre Dame. I love those players there. But, hey, man, got, got to stick with my team. <laughs> and I think Coach understands that. Yeah, Just know who was with you, Coach, okay? <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I you can do you that. You can win by 32, I'll, right, Coach? What's that? <laughs> You can win by 32, right? You can get that done. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to win by half a point. That's exactly right. <laughs> However you get the W. It's all that matters, Coach. That's uh, right. Well, listen, we really appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully I can, we'll run into it over in Ireland and uh, and see you down there. Best of luck. Absolutely. Enjoy visiting you guys. Thank all right, you. Coach, here's the rule. If you Thank win, you, you got to come back and rub it in Mike's face. That's it. And get it. <laughs> okay? Make sure you set that up. Oh, right, yeah. We'll set it up. Oh, he will. <laughs> All right. Good luck to you and the kids. Thanks, and uh, we appreciate we appreciate uh, the time today, sir. Thank you so much. Take okay. care. All right. Two quick things here as we wrap up this week's edition of God Bless Football. Um, one for Mikey A. And then we'll get to Golik in a second. Okay. Uh, Mikey A. We were talking earlier, start of the show. Dolphins, Jonathan Taylor, two of the whole Ryan Clark situation. If they get Jonathan Taylor, the Dolphins do. And they're going after him. If they get Jonathan Taylor, are you like the Dolphins are the best team in that division? No. Better than the Jets. Better than the Bills. Because of a running back? No. I mean, no. Mike. No. Mike. He's no. an elite no. running back. What do you know? What do you mean? No. No. Absolutely not. No. Okay. Not because of a running back. All right. It matters who the quarterback is. Okay. Uh, Billy's got a smirk on his face because I think he feels like the Dolphins would be better and are better probably without Jonathan Taylor. No, I just I like the AFC's the AFC East is going to be fun this year. It, it is. is. Yeah. I yeah. just I just like it. I like that this is happening. Because <laughs> there's legitimately should... three teams that you could be like, is this the best team in the division right now? Right, uh, and one of them not the Patriots. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, should Golick be ashamed of himself? You guys, listen, you weren't there for the Navy head coach, okay? You guys were both busy that day, but we had Brian Newberry on this episode, and I told the coach Billy's pick for the game. Billy took Navy, of course, because we don't disrespect the military on this show. <laughs> you also made up hey. an outrageous number and told him that I picked TYFS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was setting up Golick. I gave him Mikey A's pick. I made my pick. And uh, and then Golick limps in there with 21-20 Notre Dame. And I am telling everyone right now, betraying a trust, Mike Golick feels like Notre Dame's going to win that game by four touchdowns, okay? <laughs> no chance he believes that that's going to be the score. Not a chance in no hell. Golik is no not way. flying to Ireland, one, unless he's getting paid for something, but he's not flying to Ireland to watch Notre Dame eke out a one-point win over Navy. That's not no. happening. That's not happening. It's just impossible to believe that that's happening. What was he doing there? And the whole thing, the whole setup of like, listen, when you hit their players, they get up quick because <laughs> Alabama does it. I don't, yeah. That's... Alabama stays down when you hit them. That's how they play. He's trying to be respectful of Navy and soften what's potentially coming to, you know. Georgia crawls off the field. You hit them. <laughs> so I did too much with your scores, with your predictions? No, nah, it was fine. I mean, it worked out for Coach. 
<laughs> how do we feel? How do we feel? Our friend Marcus Freeman's going to do this year. Wow, I mean, look at off to a good Depends. start by beating Navy by twenty eighth. That's yeah. I, I'm telling you, I took Navy in this game plus twenty one and a half because because of that. Because you don't want to, like Marcus Freeman, see, he's been on the show with us a couple of times. He seems like a really good guy. Like, I think you pull up a little bit on Navy. You do. Like, when you're up, like, you know, 21 points, you take your foot off the gas, you know? Yeah. Right. Out of respect. It's week zero, just kind of survive in advance, you know? Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think Notre Dame's going to be very good this year, by the way. I do. They got the quarterback from Wake Forest. He's had during his ninth season in college football. It's, un- it's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know his name. The Deeks. God bless football, though. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So... What is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Oh, I remember 1975. We were all excited. The bicentennial was right around the corner. Everyone was focused. 200 years. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite sparked a new debate. Great taste or less filling? Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com GBF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.